I feel like we've something we've lost sight of is we're not called to hope in God changing our circumstances. We're called to hope in God, period. And if it takes me, if it takes my circumstances not changing at all, for me to find that God is enough and me yeah. placing my yeah. hope just in His nearness, in yeah. His yeah. greater yeah. plan, uh, then <laughs> it, help, it helps me understand maybe that's why He's tearing. Maybe that's why He's not as quick to yeah. change things because He really wants me to see that He is enough. He's enough. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Missy Harper. You're listening to Life with Lisa Harper. On the podcast today, Laura Story. Hey y'all, I'm Lisa Harper and you're listening to the Life with Lisa Harper podcast. We're calling season one Out of the Ashes because during each episode, we're walking through stories of redemption, essentially stories of people who've walked through tough stuff and found that God is perfectly good even when life is really, really Hey, y'all, this is Lisa Harper. We are back with Out of the Ashes, and I'm so excited today because I get to be with the woman I would claim as my baby sister. If I got to make that choice, I would absolutely 100% claim Laura's story. As a matter of fact, my claim to fame is that I met Laura before her fame. Um, We got to do a women's conference together. You always remember the place. I don't remember the place. South Carolina. Was it Charleston or Yes. Was it Charleston? See, you did remember the place. Well, I think as you've told me. Anyway, um, I got to teach at this women's conference, small women's conference, women's retreat, really. A lot of your Bradley Bible covers, I remember that. Yes. And Laura was the worship leader for the weekend, and she was still in college. She was just a kid. And um, mind you, you know, I'm only... 15 years older than Laura, so I, I still had tight skin and high metabolism back then. But anyway, Laura comes walking in, and we talk, and she's just this darling kid. I think you were 19, somewhere around there. Probably. Probably 19, and she's like, you know, she's dressed like a college kid and sheepish and sweet and kind. And and so she gets up, and it's mostly like Baptist women, you know, your Bradley Bible covers, a lot of, lot of – sweater sets in the room (laughs) and so laura's super informal for the setting and i don't remember the first song you sang but i remember you introducing the second song and we're like in this i don't know marriott conference room and you kind of go over behind this keyboard as you're introducing the song and you're so kind of precious 19 year old aw shucks and you sit down at the keyboard, and you begin to play Indescribable. <laughs> and I remember just being like, oh, my goodness. It's like a psalmist has just been born right in front of me. You had, from such an early time, just this incredible anointing 
as both a worshiper and a worship leader on your life. But here's where I want to go with that. But let me brag a little more. She's also, y'all have heard her a bazillion times. She got a Grammy for Blessings. We're going to talk about the lyrics of Blessings in a while. Indescribable, some of the greatest worship anthems, I think, of our era. Laura Story has pinned or been part of the, the writing team. She's gotten awards out the kazoo. But my favorite thing about you is not all the accolades in your bio. It's your authenticity. Because who you are today, where you're this recognizable name on the radio, is exactly just a more mature version of that beautiful young woman I got to meet when you were 19. And I think that's my favorite thing about you, is you're more mature, more desperate for Jesus, great mom, but the essence of your love for Christ and the fact that you're unimpressed with yourself, that's still the core of who you are. Lisa, I, I don't even know what to say. These are like <laughs> the kindest things anyone is. I don't even think my mom likes me this much. This is amazing. I like your mama too. <laughs> I, I think probably sometimes people, when they get around you because you are a poet, you're kind of C.S. Lewis in tennis shoes. I think sometimes people don't say what they feel because they, they don't have the the economy of words that you do but I I from that from that weekend I have been pretty much a rabid fan it's wonder that they don't have a restraining order Lisa, <laughs> you were way too kind now I thank you rocket but at the top of the show we always do either ors so this is fresh I have oh, not, I have ready. not sent you this I list ahead so time. You ready? ready okay this is really good this is kind of like competitive I feel like we're like just about to play ping pong okay. or or capture the flag or something okay early morning late night Early morning. Appetizer, dessert. Both. No! <laughs> I get it, <laughs> either, yes or, yes. either or. Okay, we'll let you cheat. Okay, we'll let sorry. you slide on that one. I'm not very okay, good at the rules. football, ultimate frisbee. Football? I so thought you'd do ultimate frisbee. I don't even think that's a real sport. Well, I know, but you're like so cool and like, you just I thought you'd do ultimate frisbee. Sport. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, all you ultimate frisbee fans. Okay, breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast? That's just gross. Uh, breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Yeah, I like, yeah, I think dinner for breakfast looks gross too. Okay, rom com, thriller. I'm sorry. Rom com, romantic comedy. Okay. Or thriller. <laughs> rom com um, or thriller? Thriller. Thriller. Okay, too warm or too cold? Um, oh, that's a tough one. Oh, too warm. Because you're wearing like a giant sweater <laughs> yeah. right now. It's like 400 degrees I'm so outside. Comfy. Okay, opera, listen to this, musician. Opera or polka? Wow. <laughs> That's like, really? Those are my only. That's it. You might have said Trump or Hillary. I wanted to make it kidding. hard for you. <laughs> no, that is the fun. That's going to be just awesome. <laughs> please keep it in, please. Okay. <laughs> but you meant it in a totally Levitical kind of way. Okay, opera okay. or polka? Uh, opera. Okay. Um, I'm going to stay a little further on that. Rap or Rachmaninoff? Rachmaninoff, okay, all the way. Okay, I thought so. Okay, ninjas or pirates? Ninjas. Oh, pirates. Really? Okay. Oh, I like a bit. Okay, Peter or Paul? Mm. See, now I'm thinking Peter Pan. Because you <laughs> <laughs> <the> pirates. <laughs> um, Paul over Peter Pan. Okay. Definitely. Okay, let's say John the Baptist or Paul? John the Baptist. Okay, let's say Mary or Martha. Hmm. Mm. Which is the one that ate the food? I know which one prepared the food. <laughs> I want to be the one that gets to eat I, the I, food. I, I bet you definitely Mary. Yeah, me too. And as as the two girls that went to the mostly male seminary, that oh the, yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're the Marys. Yeah, we're the we're kind of we're kind of a little a little bit on the oh, Mary side. I will side. sit here and listen to this teaching. Oh yeah, and you better bet I'm totally calling you when I get in my dissertation a few years from now because yeah, I'm totally going to just plagiarize every single thing you ever wrote. Bring it. Okay, final either or. Um, this is in that same biblical vein, and it would be uh, speedos or board shorts. Definitely mm. <laughs> yeah, board shorts. Definitely. Are you talking about for me or for somebody like? Dude. I was talking about for a guy, but I like the idea of yeah. you in a speedo or board shorts. Speedos, they just need to be banned. Gosh, I have to turn it. You're good. Here's where I want to go, because I remember thinking this when you sang Indescribable and you set the song up. It Actually, would you mind setting up Indescribable? Yeah. Uh, so the song Indescribable, I did write in college, and I... I was driving uh, from Asheville, North Carolina. So I'm from South Carolina. Right. Driving 
from my hometown, Spartanburg, South Carolina, to Nashville because I was going to make a record. You know, I was this (laughs) 19-year-old kid that uh, that once I got done with it, I think if you were to listen to that record, you would say, you mean a a songwriting divot. I have that record and I love that record, by the way. Oh, it's so terrible. Oh, it's so bad. But I was driving and my radio had broken. I didn't have enough money to get it fixed. And so I was just kind of sitting in silence, but I was watching... Um, kind of like what David describes in the Psalms, where the heavens are declaring the glory of God. Yeah. It was just this amazing day where the sun was setting over you know, the Pisgah Mountain range. I, I can't even remember exactly where I was, but I remember just being speechless for a moment Yeah, as I thought about uh, just the beauty of creation and, and how... God, even though he he calls us to sing his praises and he allows us as his people to participate in this amazing thing called worship, uh, our words are so insufficient to yeah. communicate really how great our God is. And so that's kind of how the the idea of, of him being an indescribable God came from. Now you, um, I was going kind of in a different tact because I, I forgot that's how you set the song up. So I may have heard you introduce a different song. Because I remember you talking about a song you wrote. It seems like it was that same season when you experienced the death of a friend. Oh, yeah. It was a song called Poor Season. That's And that was a long, long time ago. But I remember thinking for a a woman this young to have experienced that much grief Hmm. and have turned to God in her grief instead of to... Why did this happen to me? Hmm. That was where I was. I was struck. I just thought you had incredible maturity to handle pain and trust God with it instead of demand answers for it. Yeah, I think with the song you're referring to, it really was more of you know these days you don't hear a whole lot of lament. Yes, you look in the scriptures, and yeah. you see it's a very appropriate thing, and that that's what people do with their sorrow. Right, they bring it to the Lord, and that's they. Right. Uh, and that song, "Poor Season," I don't, I wouldn't have said back then. Oh, this was a lament. Right, that I feel like right. A theologically sound lament. <laughs> right, it really was uh, just an admission of man, life is hard, yeah. and that brokenness because of sin. It looks like you know people. People passing away long before, um, yeah, b- before their time, and and so, thank you for saying that. I haven't thought about that in a long oh, time. Oh, I remember being struck as you explained it because you were so young to talk about trusting God's sovereignty when you can't see around the corner of your circumstances. Mm. And I remember thinking, "Good night, that will preach." You know, it was just yeah. so such a sound understanding. And when I say understanding of suffering, it's like you understood somehow, some way, God is still good even though this this is wrecking me. Yeah. And and I I when then your story unfolded years later, some of the things God has called you and Martin to walk through, I never forgot you setting up that song all those years ago as a, as a kid long before you got married and I thought God knew she would walk this in a way that brought him glory. Hmm. And I thought of that so many times. So for the Two or three people listening to you who have been living under a rock and don't know <laughs> the the cliff yeah. notes of your story. Would you just and y'all? By the way, this isn't a book called "When God Doesn't Fix It," which is one of the best books mm-hmm. I've ever read. But would you just give people kind of the cliff notes of what God has allowed you and Martin to walk through from yeah. your marriage to today with four beautiful toe-headed kids? <laughs> okay, so Martin and I have been married. Yeah. Um, Coming up on fifteen years. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah, and they've been wonderful. And didn't y'all date in college? We and dated then... in high school, and then high in school. college, okay. and but then there was a breakup, and then there's another uh-huh. fellow. But then you came back to Martin, so it was kind of your first yes. love. Yes, in our first couple years, um, were pretty rocky. I mean, just normal marriage stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, uh, the the hardest thing was that Martin was diagnosed with a brain tumor within the first two years of our marriage, yeah. and that is, I think it's hard news. Any time to hear in a marriage, but especially as newlyweds, we had just learned how to you know balance our checkbook. Sure. We had done you know picking out china together, whatever yeah. whatever newlyweds do. And all of a sudden, we're sitting with this neurosurgeon that says, uh, you know, 
Martin needs surgery. These are the potential complications. Everything from, it, you know, he may not make it through the surgery. He mm-hmm. may completely lose his vision. And Laurie, y'all were like 24, 25, yeah. babies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we were 25. And so we were, you know, anticipating uh, this surgery and, and honestly just an overwhelming amount of anxiety on my end. Yeah. The doctor said it's possible that he will wake up and not remember anything about his life beforehand. And so the idea of him waking up and not recognizing me, things like that. And sure enough, when he finally came out of the surgery that Mm -hmm. after that very initial surgery, he says, uh, as soon as he sees me, he says, Laura Story. And I thought, oh, I'm so thankful he remembers me. And then he says, what are you doing here? (laughs) To which I'm going, I don't even know how to answer that. That is kind of a bizarre question. And I realized that he knew, he knew that we... He recognized me. He knew exactly who right. I was. He just had no idea that we were married. So I had Didn't to... Didn't you have to show him your wedding album? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I showed him the wedding... I you know, tried to remind him. I was the one in the poofy white dress. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> the cool thing is, he was like, what? And he kind of like, this is so yeah. cool. I can't believe I scored yeah, Laura's so story. I'm explaining all this to yeah. him, and his eyes are you know, big as saucers. And he finally goes, we're married? Yes. <laughs> Which is a great response. Oh, yeah. It totally yeah. could have gone yeah. a different way. Yeah. That would have been pretty embarrassing. Uh, but we, you know, from right off the bat, we knew that things would be different. I don't know if we knew how different our lives would be. Or go back to that because I think you, I love your testimony. Shelly Giglio was talking earlier with me about the difference between telling a story and testifying to what God has done. Mm. And just your story is this riveting testimony to God's goodness. I always think, you know, how Revelation says the enemy is defeated yeah. by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And I think every time you talk, it's Preach like it. you <laughs> twist the sword in the lizard's breast. But, but okay, you're 25 years old. Your husband recognizes you but doesn't know you're his wife. Yes. You are saying it could have gone another way. It turned out good. He wanted to be married. But still the the shock and the gravitas of... My husband doesn't remember our vows. Yes. That's, I can't even imagine the weight of that. Well, at the time, the fact that he woke up from the surgery, the fact that, that was alive. a win. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm thinking, okay, this, at every turn, I think I was okay uh, <laughs> with the inconvenience of a detour. Yeah. As long as it eventually got back. To, to the perfect plan right. that we had for our right. lives, and that's, man, that's been, profound. man, that's been the hardest thing is realizing, wow, uh, you know, I don't think our lives are ever going to end up getting back to that initial plan. And when I think about, you know, initial plan, it was, it was a good plan that yeah. I had come up with of yeah. how we were going to use our lives and yeah. our, our marriage and all of that and for His ministry glory. and you're singing for oh, Jesus yeah. and yeah. And it all was a very good plan that I had constructed, but it still was just that. It was a plan yeah. that I had come up with that I had, you know, arrogantly expected God to sign off on. Yeah. Rather than what his word teaches, his main goal is to bring us to a place of saying, not my plan, but yours right. be done. Not my will, but yours be done, right. Lord. Right. And so every season as we've dealt with Martin's brain injury, dealt with uh, the disappointment of what hasn't healed, yeah. and just the newness of, of what our life looks like, it's more and more surrendering of yeah. not my plan, but yours, Lord. Yeah. There's that place, you know, in the beginning of Job, after Job loses everything, mm-hmm. one of the things about the pain we see specifically in the book of Job in the Old Testament is just the shocking reality that it wasn't punitive, it was a promotion. Hmm. That God said, have you considered my servant, Job? You know, basically he's going to walk through this in such a way Ouch. that brings me glory. I know. Because <laughs> you go, man alive, have mercy. God, that just to me is a totally different paradigm shift. Because we do go, yeah. either this is a detour or I deserve this, but as soon as I get everything right, then yeah. you know, he'll, he'll kind of alleviate me from this punishment or this kind of divine timeout. And when you go... Actually, that was a privilege. You, you, mm. in the economy of God, I'm not saying all pain is is divinely causative. Certainly, there's things the enemy means for our our harm, and God redeems them. But when God calls you to an ongoing season of suffering, and you're His, yeah. more often than not, it's for His glory, and He's called you that because He knows the way that you'll surrender and you'll walk it in a way that um, 
Because Job did nothing to deserve it. God makes that really, really clear. It wasn't anything he had done. But the thing that slays me is after he loses everything and everyone who matters to him, save his wife, who's been vilified, I think, unfairly. Yeah. Because I think, good night, she lost all 10 of her children, too. I can't imagine the shock. Absolutely. If I lost my one child, she lost 10 children, I would, I can't imagine the things that would come out of my mouth. Anyway, you know, it says he didn't sin in his response. It says he shaved his head. He tore his robe. Signs of very honest grief uh, get so sick in, you know, Christendom of us yep. trying to go, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm like, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> Admit when you're not okay. Absolutely. That doesn't mean God is any less God if you go, yeah. this is just hard. But it says after shaving his robe, I mean, uh, tearing his robe, shaving his head, it says he raised his hands and he worshiped. Mm. And you go, goodness gracious, those are not incongruent. To be in deep sorrow, lament, pain, disappointment, even despair, and to worship, Mm -hmm. those those are congruent. Those are oftentimes flip flip sides of the same coin. I think you wrote blessings. That's the theology of blessings. Well, one of the Psalms that I've just loved clinging to, and the one that I always go back to, I think about Psalm 13, where it talks about, you know, the beginning of it is David's unbelievable honesty before the Lord. How yeah. long, O oh Lord, will you right. forget me forever? How long right. will, your, will you hide your face from me? When I think about like God putting together the Bible, I'm like, really, did you mean to put... <laughs> that's like a bad Facebook rant. Like, David's yeah, just is. having a it tough is. day. And I love that he included it, uh, honestly, I think probably to show us, hey, this yeah. is okay to talk yeah. to God this way. To Absolutely. He sees it in your heart anyway. That's right. It's okay to come before the Lord with this. Uh, because we do have days of feeling forgotten. We right. do have days of feeling like God doesn't even see us, that he's hiding his face from us. But I love that David ends with this, but I've trusted in your loving kindness. Mm-hmm. My heart will rejoice, not so much because his circumstances have substantially Absolutely. changed, no. but just he says, I'm, I'm going to sing to the Lord because he's dealt bountifully with me. Because right. he can look back at God's track record of faithfulness in his That's life, right. and it's enough in that moment, for him to choose praise. I, it, it's the idea that the, the trials that we walk through don't have to dampen our praises. They can right. deepen them. And oh, just, that's good. They're a that's mind, so good. Oh, and that's what you see in the Psalms. Yeah. And, that's what, and I'm like a baby when it comes to learning this stuff. Yeah, I really too. am. Uh, but that God is no less worthy of my praises just because I'm in a hard season. Right, um, right. I, I often say that I think it's in the difficult moments of life, more than more the valleys and the mountaintops, that the veil gets thinner, yeah. that proverbial veil, and we see God's face more clearly because we're more desperate yeah. for God's presence. How have you, because Martin has had some ongoing cognitive difficulties mm-hmm. since that first surgery, and and that and it has been a detour. It hasn't been the life you initially planned. How have you seen God's face uh, more clearly in light of it not looking the way you thought it would look when you said <laughs> I do? Wow. Uh, I think one of the things, you know, growing up, I grew up in a fantastic church. Yeah. But every time I heard someone give testimony, it was kind of like a Christian Saved by the Bell episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this yeah. bad thing happened, but then this happened, and yeah. now everything is great. It's wrapped up in a bow. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. everyone has this tidy Usually bow. Usually an acrostic. Sto- Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I I felt um I don't know, maybe like I was doing something wrong that that ours is it's just so open ended. It's yeah. so ongoing. Yeah. Um sometimes like I don't know what to do with it. Sometimes I feel like the church doesn't know what to do with it. Like yeah. what do you do when you pray for for someone to be healed uh-huh. and they don't get better and they don't die, they they just kind of stay broken. Yeah. And so I feel like in a lot of yeah. ways our family kind of lives in this broken state. Yeah. And if I didn't believe uh, what Paul says about God's strength being made perf- perfect in our weakness, yeah. then I would probably be more embarrassed that we've stayed so weak for so long. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we, oh, that's profound. We do kind of function in oh, this broken state. a friend state. of mine about 15 years ago was dying of cancer, and it was her second round of cancer, mm-hmm. young mom. And she, I went to the hospital, and she said, thank you so much for coming. It was her second time there. She had been there for several months mm-hmm. by the time I, I went to see her. And she said, you know, Lisa, not many people are coming to see me anymore. And I was like, well, I think it's hard 
for people when they go, okay, apart from a massive intervening miracle, which God can do physically. um, I don't know why sometimes he heals physically and why he doesn't. I think a lot of times it's more about eschatology than it is Hmm. anything else. But but I said, I think we're more comfortable with praying for healing or having funerals and giving God the praise that you're divinely healed. But the in-between time, because we have absolutely and utterly no control. Yeah. And it just, it can get awkward. And she goes, oh, that's what I feel. She said, I feel like I am this kind of huge lump under the rug that makes everybody feel awkward. And so it's easier to dismiss me and pretend like I'm not here. Mm. And I just remember sitting in a room and we, I mean, I just sat there for a long time because I thought, and she did pass away. Um, but it was a long, long time before she passed. And it was really Awkward, even for believers who loved her, because it's like that. Yeah. Okay, we've been praying now for two years, and it's like she's not getting better; she's getting worse. But how do we? But she's isn't. It's a. It's an odd life. Mm-hmm. Is not neat and tidy, especially Absolutely. when it comes to grief and well, suffering. I I got to meet a lady in Colorado. And we, were, we were on this radio program together because she had a very similar story. Her husband had a motorcycle accident, and had a brain injury. And honestly, it's one of those stories that I heard and thought, wow, um, it, it made me very grateful for how my husband has responded right. to what he's walked through. Her husband, it's just a tough thing, but it yeah. had turned to alcohol and just mm. the brain injury p- plus the addiction, which is very common with people yeah. with brain injuries. Oh, sure. So she shared this really hard, hard story. And at the end of the whole thing, the radio host was was hugging her by, and she said, oh, "Thanks so much for coming." And I just know that things will get better. Oh, so then it comes oh. to me, you know, oh. and here I am, <laughs> Debbie Downer, and I, yeah. I hug her and say, "Hey, <laughs> thanks so much for coming." And I'm not going to tell you that things are going to get better. Yeah, but I am going to tell you that I, you can get better. Yeah, yeah, because we don't. Yeah. I feel like we've something we've lost sight of is we're not called to hope in God changing our circumstances. We're called to hope in God, period. And if it takes me, if it takes my circumstances not changing at all, for me to find that God is enough and me yeah. placing my yeah. hope just in His nearness, in yeah. His yeah. greater yeah. plan, uh, then it help it helps me understand maybe that's why he's tearing. Maybe that's why he's not as quick to yeah. change things because he really wants me to see that he is enough. He's enough. He's and, enough. And when I look back on my life, even though it looks very different than what I thought it would be, yeah. He has been enough. Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And I and I feel like I didn't really answer your initial question as well. No, you've gone to a I've better place. Him, yeah. I've seen him be bigger yeah. and greater than I ever yeah. knew that he could be because of the way he has met uh, met us and answered prayers differently than what I asked. Okay, I want to stay there for just a second um, because this is um, this is a sweet, deep. 
place that I think a lot of, especially women who are listening to us, going, it's not changing for me. You know, I've been as good as I can be. I've been as faithful as I can be. I've prayed as hard as I know how to pray. And nothing is changing. And I'm running out of hope. Yeah. And, you know, Scripture does say hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm. And and so there's a very real emotional place of going, all right, how do I live an abundant life in Christ when I feel like it's taken everything I've got emotionally to endure? Yeah. How did you get to a place? Because I watch you with your kids. I watch you (laughs) when you're leading worship. I watch you with Martin. That your life abounds with joy. I know it is not the life you planned, but your life is permeated with joy. You are not just enduring. Y'all aren't just in survival mode. You actually are going, no, we're going to live. We're going to squeeze every moment of joy And you have hope. And when you talk of the living hope of Jesus Christ, you know, that's not a script to you. You you radiate the hope of Christ. How do, how do you get, and even give us some practical, what are some practical things to do to actually transition from enduring? And being honest like yeah. David, yeah. How, how much longer, oh Lord, but moving from enduring to actually enjoying the presence of God. That's a, that's a great question. I think one thing is seeing our story. Uh, our story is ours to steward. Yeah. And some people, uh, they, they haven't had the help that they need to process their story. And so, of course, they can't begin to steward it, you know, the way that, the way that they should. And so that's a big step is just having people in your life, whether that's a professional counselor or just friends yeah. or I th- for me, it's a lady that mentors me and then a, a pastor mm. at my church. And the two mm. of them uh, have listened to me yeah. know, far more than anyone should have to listen to me. But they've just processed stuff with me uh, so that I can use our story as, as a gift, as really a gift. Our suffering is a gift that we get to steward. I know that yeah. sounds way too positive. But the- no, no. I think sometimes people need to go, okay, you don't. Like the people you talked about earlier, when you're a kid, you hear these testimonies that are that are tied up with a neat yeah. little bow, and you go, "Okay, well, good," because it's over. You can speak positively. Mm-hmm. You are in it, neck mm-hmm. deep in it, and yeah. you're going, "No, let me tell you where I found joy." And I think for those people who go, "It's my circumstances actually might get worse." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, or even like I think about Psalm 40, where David is telling about, you know. Uh, he, God heard his cry. He drew him up from the pit. Yeah. He got him out of that miry bog, and he set his feet on a firm foundation yeah. upon a rock. And when he's saying that, I think all of us would go, oh, yeah, I want to be standing on the rock. And God said, okay, are you going to be okay if I start shifting the current foundation that you're standing on? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I want you to do it in kind of a, right. a very gentle way. Like right. we all want to believe that God is... I want God to go from our... rock to rock. I just yeah. want to have a better view. Like, yeah. I want to keep my rock now and then go to a better rock. I don't want to be in a bog. Yeah. And even though I would say, uh, you know, I all, I trust God. I've always trusted God. Yeah. Um, were my feet planted firmly on Martin's health? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. But it's when those things, those relationships, those help situation, that job, the yeah. finances, whatever it is, when that starts giving way, that's when we know maybe oh, our feet yeah. weren't quite as secure on the rock as oh, we yeah. thought they were. And I think that's sometimes the mercy of difficulty because I get sometimes so um, just so myopic about the life I'm currently living mm-hmm. that I forget how desperately not only I need God's presence, but how this world is not my home. Amen. You know, my youngest, who's playing with your oldest, <laughs> I only have one child, so I can call her my youngest, but my little girl, Missy, and, and Josie, um, Laura's oldest, are friends. I, I wish we lived closer because I think they they're would probably be probably vandalizing friends. the church yeah, I was right gonna say, now. They're kind of like Thelma and Louise Jr. <laughs> um, they're pumpkins. But anyway, the other day, Missy has HIV. She's in phenomenal health by the grace of God in modern medicine. But the other day she was changing. She lifted up her arms and she had this little purple bruise that looks like something that people sometimes suffer with in the latter stages of AIDS and HIV. And I literally sucked in my breath because since I brought her home from Haiti within three or four months, I mean, it was just really miraculous how 
healthy she got so quickly. Mm-hmm. And we've had very few problems medically. God has just really sustained her health. And she has great prognosis. HIV meds have improved just dramatically even in the last 10 years. But anyway, when she raised her arms and I saw that, it just for a moment, because it looked like something that is a really serious thing when uh, somebody has HIV, in that moment, I, it, it, I had like that momentary panic. And it's like the Lord said, you trust me when she's healthy. If she's not, do you still trust me? Yes. And I had to go, I need you to help me trust you. It's yeah. like the man in Mark. I believe, but you've got to help me in my unbelief. Because yeah. if she is sick, I trust that you're good. I, I don't trust my own mm-hmm. capacity to hang on to that. Because yeah. that scares the, the mess out of me. Yeah. And so to, to live, and I know Martin's doing really, really well, but just to live in the not perfectly physically healed yes. place is a continual, if I don't hang on to him mm-hmm. as my, not only my rock, but my provision, my peace, my my everything, mm-hmm. you can't do this by yourself. Well, and even you asked me the practical side of it, like yeah. what, what do women or yeah. men, whoever, yeah. when they're struggling, you know, deep suffering, whatever right. it is, uh, I would say starting out, starting out each day, with that passionate, fervent prayer of God, change my circumstances. We believe He is a big God. We believe yeah. He can move mountains, and so I don't want anything that I that I've said so far to minimize right. that. And so just ask Him. Ask Him yeah. for big things. He oh, wants yeah, to yeah. do immeasurably oh, yeah, yeah. abundantly more than we can right. think or ask. Right. And then in that very next prayer, right. say, "I trust God. I trust Your character so much right. that if You're not going to do it today." Right. then there must be a good reason right. for because of your love for me and because of your desire to see your glory. Right. Like There has to be a good reason. So tell me how I can live today. Right. Show me how you can be enough today. Yeah. And that's, What's that's where I find myself What's the prayer from the garden, isn't it? You know, isn't that Jesus, the model yeah. prayer for us? It's if, if you will yeah. take this cup. But not my will. I mean, that's Absolutely. that's to me what we pray every day because I don't know when he's going to heal physically. I, I I do think we've got some really cruddy theology of people saying if you had more mm-hmm. faith, he would heal. Oh, and I'm like, oh, gracious. please be careful with that. Pray yeah. that God will heal, and absolutely he can heal. And then you trust that he's going to do whatever his will is. And I pray for physical healing until he doesn't. Amen. And that's going to be the day some of my friends who have cancer, one of my uh, dearest friends right now at you know, it has a really bad prognosis, cancer just everywhere, bones everywhere. And so I will pray every day, and I am right now, some of us are fasting, that there will be a miraculous healing. Yes. And if God chooses not to heal her body physically, then I go, you know what, I trust him that in her passing, he'll, there will be glory and people will come to Christ. Yeah. But it is that kind of relinquishment, I am not good at keeping my my hands open. You know, I want to, yeah. I want to hang on to things, kind of white knuckle things. Mm-hmm. That's, I think one of the things I respect the most about, about you is that with the unknowable parts of your life, you, I just feel like you always are open handed before the Lord with your kids, with everything I see about you just radiates this radical trust. <laughs> so I don't know if you had to peel your I fingers need, off. I need you to tell me that through. every morning. Oh man. Come I, on, Laura, you, you've got you, this. <laughs> your life preaches to me. I could go a hundred other places, but I just want to close with like two things. Cause I want to be, um, well, first of all, I don't want to hog all your time, but also this is so rich. I kind of want to sit in it for a while. I want to go two places. One is if you could go back until you're 24, you're, no, let's say 23. Let's say before you married Martin, if you could tell your 23-year-old self something, hmm. um, just just one small thing of, honey, let me tell you one thing hmm. now that will help you avoid a bunch of holes where you're going to break your ankle. Um, Probably that tattoo that all your friends are getting, <laughs> you don't need to do that. <laughs> you're going to regret it. And when you have babies, morph. it's good. <laughs> 
You don't want that saggy thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so be very circumspect <laughs> about tattoos in your 20s because yeah. you will. Gravity takes hold in your yeah, 40s. Okay. True. Anything else you would tell her with regards to her heart? Would you say yeah. guard your heart more as unto the Lord? Or would you say open your heart more as unto the Lord? Oh, man. That's great. Man, I'd say... You know, as a recording artist, yeah. artist person thing, yeah. uh, I think in some of my early years, I took the whole thing more serious. I don't want to say took it more serious. I, I think... Uh, Did you I, put I, more I, personal stock into it or more of your identity? I think I started reading my press a little bit, maybe. Mm. I, I had a realization... Um, <laughs> I showed up to a, to a gig once and they had like, a cup of water it was like not even like clean water it was like murky water and i'm like do you not know who i am i am laura story you're really gonna I'm give a me grammy award winner my writer baby. clearly said a case of bottled water yeah, yeah yeah for me to drink a sip out of each of the 24 you know like yeah yeah but i remember thinking oh, i wonder what kind of i wonder what kind of water jesus requested in his writer you know what i mean and I realized then, golly, for me to have such so such higher demands than the one who I'm representing, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, and that's an ongoing process. Because yeah. <laughs> with my kids the that's other day, word. I was, uh, you know, we we go to churches and they're so grateful uh, for us to come. They're just thankful to have us there. Yeah. That they baked us all these cakes and you know yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, and I remember my kids were acting kind of kind of snarky and i remember saying to them i said hey so jesus came he says in in the scriptures he came to serve not to be served so okay here's the test kids do you think that we are here to serve or to be served and you could tell they're sitting there thinking really (laughs) hard and josie my six-year-old finally says i know i'm supposed to say serve but ever since we walked in the door, everybody keeps doing stuff for us. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that is exactly yeah. right. In my heart, like I yeah. get tripped up with that as well. Because my what I do for a profession, um, I have a microphone and a spotlight. Yeah. And I stand on an elevated stage above other people. That's right. And it can... Uh, it's the antithesis of the gospel. Absolutely. We're sharing the gospel in a way that promotes idolatry. I oh. know it drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. But just so I, I I would tell my twenty something year old self uh, just to stay on my knees, yeah, just to to never uh, let those things like spotlights and microphones yeah. trick me into believing that I am more than like the stance that John the Baptist yeah. took, yeah, saying I am not Couldn't the right to talk about the one who was coming, yeah, yeah. When he says, "Are you the no? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. wish I was that quick. Yeah. to uh, to push away the the fame and glory. You know, it helped me years ago. I was on the road with Lisa Welchel, who is famous for the show Facts oh, yeah. of Life. And Lisa's like this tiny, petite blonde. So Uh we look nothing alike, (laughs) but our names are Lisa and we grin similarly. You know, I'm a much larger brunette and do not get residuals from Hollywood. But anyway, women would wait in line for a long time Mm -hmm. to get my autograph thinking they were waiting in line to see Lisa Welchel. Oh, wow. And it was such a great, it's just this great heart check for me. Because I had to over and over and over again go, ma'am, I am so sorry. <laughs> because you they're just like, oh, you're kidding me. I've waited in line who for 30 you? minutes and you're Lisa who? Yeah. And um, Lisa Welcher would get really tickled because I'd be like, Lisa, if they see, because some of them would seem like so fannish that I, I thought. I see you guys looking alive. A, a teeny, yeah. I mean, a teeny, teeny bit. Um, but um, anyway, my head is like four times the size of hers <laughs> as well as my rear end. But... <laughs> But um, I told her with the ones who seemed a little off balance, I would pretend like I was her. Yes. But would be real nice about it. That's kind. But it was such a good check to watch the disappointment in people to remember, I'm I'm not all that. Don't read your own press release. Mm -hmm. And I think the trick is you don't have to think less of yourself to think more of God because God thinks so highly of us. Mm. You just... The thoughts you think about yourself have to be in the context of how he sees us. Absolutely. So I am worthy, and I am a, a 
high priest and I am beautiful in his eyes Mm -hmm. because he sees me through the the righteousness of Christ Jesus. So that's an ongoing process for me. Sometimes humility for me is insecurity or of what I think it is. I'm like, ah, it's actually not at all godly humility because it's still all about you. Yes. So let's focus on Jesus. But okay, very, very last thing. Last question. Because yeah, a lot of people, I just think this is so cool. Y'all, Laura has four children. About three full-time jobs, is an author, <laughs> is a Grammy Award-winning songwriter, has won 452 Dove Awards or around that. I mean, just tons of responsibility, accolades, all kinds of cool stuff. And you chose to go back to school to get your doctorate, <laughs> yes. which is, is just so cool to me. And you're just about to finish I am. a doctorate. And is a doctorate in worship? So it's in worship studies, and my dissertation is on reverence. I'm that's where I wanted it. you to go is give us because reverence is but that's almost a lost sacrament in our culture. Give mm-hmm. us just as we think about what you've been saying, Lord, I am going to trust you whether my circumstances change or not. Mm-hmm. Whether this is not just a detour, this is the trajectory for the rest of my life. I'm going to cling to you. Give us something from reverence that will help us hang on to that. Mm-hmm. Well, to summarize my dis- my 200-page dissertation yes, in the next yes. 30 seconds. No, I, uh, golly, reverence, how I kind of began to want to study this is, is a lot of times when we think about reverence, we think about maybe high church, sure, <laughs> historical the church, yeah, yeah, all that. Um, but in contem- where I serve, it's contemporary worship. And yeah. so I thought, okay, God, I, w- I want you to show me like what's at the core of your people revering you? Yeah. And what what I've found is it's how God shows us that He wants to be worshipped. It's how He shows us in the Bible, how He shows the the, the church historic, um, theologically, and so just studying all of this support for coming before the Lord, um, not a, not just worshiping Him how we want to. Mm-hmm. It's like giving somebody a gift that you really like, yeah. but you s- forgot to stop and ask what they really like <laughs> or what their word tells you that they no. that they really like. And and so it really has been uh, it's been humbling for me as a worship leader that it, I find out that it's much less about me being a rock star on stage and oh. much more about me uh, coming before the Lord and saying, uh, I want I really want to worship in a way that honors you and not just. Um, not just in the songs that I sing, singing songs that represent a high view of God and, right, and honestly right, a more right. realistic view of self. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So many of these songs that I, that I look at, it talks about, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And it's like, Holly, can we just stop talking about yourself? So you, you know, <laughs> I know. I know. And, who are you worshiping? <laughs> this is not quite clear. But just finding uh, that reverence has been a sweet uh, thing for me to, uh, you know, to study about, but also to to come before the Lord and, and saying, um, I really want to revere you in the way that you're that you're worthy of. A, l- a lot of people they, they separate the the Old Testament God from the New Testament God. Right. You know, which you oh, know, when yeah, you yeah, and all yeah, your yeah. studies, you know, the uh the Martian blah blah blah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- these heresies that date back to fourth yeah. century church, but uh, we do it so often, even now. Yeah. We we think about you know the the God the holy, wrathful, perfect God of of the Old Testament. It's different mm-hmm. than no no no. It's not any right. different. No no no. But Same, because of yeah. Jesus, yeah. we can approach Him, and so yeah. it should give us a confidence, but never a presumption. You know, we should. Oh, I love confidence, but not presumption. Well, when you said that, I thought one of the other little rabbit trails I could go on for a long time is you know when people go. Well, the words Jesus spoke, and I want to go, let's let's be clear. Our God is a Trinitarian God. Mm-hmm. And so does that mean Jesus wasn't speaking or involved in the conversation before he was incarnate, Christ? Yeah. So are the red letters of Jesus, is that the only time he spoke? Or yeah. was he always God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit? So do the words of the Old Covenant still carry the breath of Christ? Yes, I think so. Amen. If you have good theology. But that's one of those things where you go, oh, Goodness gracious, y'all! We are too dumb for our own good. We're gonna have to do like a separate oh, podcast. I know on we just need like theology. I know geeky church history. <laughs> okay. um, 
Okay, Laura, I've told you like four times now that this is the last question. I promise <laughs> this is not even a question. This is something I want to tell you because while you were telling your story with such grace, thank you, and mm-hmm. such authenticity, and it's so God-honoring and others-honoring, I I got this mental image. I've, of course, never seen her, but one of my favorite faith heroines is this little-known woman named Flory Evans. And she was a 19-year-old girl in Wales, early 1900s. And she stood up. By all accounts, she was shy, probably, I don't know, not an Enneagram 8, is all I know. (laughs) Um, Kind of an introvert. Had never been a leader in an overt way her whole life. But she stood up in an Anglican church, 1904, and just was so undone by the love of Christ that she stood up, broke protocol, and then she just said really loudly, she proclaimed, I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. And historians count that as the spark that ignited the Great Welch Revival wow. through which about 300,000 people got saved. Wow. And when you were telling your story, I thought, Laura is a flory. Mm. Laura is a flory because I can look back as a at least wannabe big sister at your life. And I see just concentric circles of revival everywhere you've been because over and over and over again with your mouth, with your music, with just your life, you over and over again say, I love the Lord Jesus with Mm. with all my heart and he's enough. Hmm. Lisa, thank you. I'm going to have to start my own podcast so that I can take time to brag about you. Oh, I just love you. I've loved you. I truly have loved you from the beginning. Well, you have been something in you. And if you I could a choose big, a little sister, sister, you would be my little sister. Well, you've been a big sister it. to me and uh, and, very and one much day a, when we have more no, time. No, you got to stop. I'm not, I'm Okay, not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do I'm your guest on your wisdom. show. I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. I would like to say something. Uh-uh. <laughs> You have been my big sister and very much a role model to me as a Bible teacher and just as a friend. I just love you. I love you, too. I think we should go get matching tattoos, even if they wouldn't morph. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life with Lisa Harper podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, and I sure hope you did, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed and gave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. The introduction music was provided by my almost little brother, Tim Halperin, who also co-produces this podcast with me. Life with Lisa Harper will be releasing episodes on the second and fourth Thursdays of every month. We sure hope you'll keep listening. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.